Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. Free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or I've made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Everyone always asks me where I get my meat from, and given that I really eat meat on a daily basis, um, typically beef primarily, uh, my meat is very important to me. I have an autoimmune condition, and I want grain-free, corn-free meat, and I just haven't found the confidence in stores in knowing that I'm getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And I have searched and searched and searched for the right farm, and I have found the farm. It's fedfromthefarm.com, fed, F-E-D, from the farm.com. These 
farmers are amazing. It's a it's it's a family. They're they're here in Missouri and they have the desire just like I do to see people well and to see people healthy and they put a lot into what they do. It's such a wonderful family to support. They do uh, offer 100% grass finished, grass fed, meaning that's it. Uh, a beef and I get my ribeyes, I get uh, you know my ground beef, my ground sirloin, I get my chuck roast. I mean, they basically have everything. They even have awesome jerky, but they also have eggs. They have chickens and they have turkey. I'm planning on getting a turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. And if you'd like lamb, they have that as well. Uh, But if you are in need of good quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef or quality eggs, chicken, turkey, uh, don't don't just settle for what you're getting at the local store. to go out on the internet and check out Fed from the Farm, uh, that you can arrange a pickup or you can have it delivered to your for, for to your home, and I can guarantee you you're going to taste the difference. Uh, for me, it my health actually depends on it, so I really thank God to have found such a great farmer. FedFromTheFarm.com. I hope it blesses you. All right, well. Luckily, we were able to get here and have good weather. No one had any major issues. Today is some great information. So I'm kind of, it'll be a lot for us to talk through. Uh, a lot of lot of really good, like detailed articles and stuff. So um, I'll, I'm actually going to have uh, Justin use this particular podcast as my podcast for this week. And sometimes I'll do that because I think it's a, a great combination of data that I think if you all wanted to share it, you know, I mean, obviously you get to listen to it in your Facebook uh, group, but if you wanted to share it to a family member, see you later, uh, real easily and things like that, you could. I think the information in here is that is that going to be that helpful to you that you may have family members and stuff that you'll want to be able to share it to. There's some articles in here <clears throat> that I've had for a long time. And if I can, if I feel like I can come across those articles, I'll share them in our group. But it's really just more the points. And if you have further questions about any of it as we go, just feel free to message me along the way. I'd be happy to answer questions along the way. Um, the first thing I want to talk a little bit about is um, brain fog. And I'm going to talk about maltodextrin, so it probably will seem kind of weird how I'm going from brain fog to maltodextrin, but I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, the brain fog first because as I get into maltodextrin, it's going to make sense that we care about the details of those, you know, the fine details of the ingredients that we're consuming on a daily basis. So this is a great article about brain fog. And I'm not going to read the whole entire thing to you, uh, but I want to talk to you about what could potentially be happening if throughout the day you're getting into that phase. And this doesn't just have to be a fatigue phase. This really can be a, I just genuinely cannot get my focus. You know, I'm, I am fatigued, but I just truly, no matter what I do, I just can't get myself focused. And maybe you're making some errors in judgment in terms of you know at work or you're just not or maybe you're kind of irritable and you're not really responding emotionally the way that you should brain fog can be impacted 
by the foods that you're eating, oh gosh, in such a great way. And the first uh, concern food that they have listed are salad dressings and pre-cooked meals. Now I know that we kind of know some of this stuff, so some of this might feel like we're you know, repeat, repeating, but some of it is good to repeat on a regular basis because it, it's what we need to hear in order to drive these points home so that when we're done with this and we're, you know, it's the end of March and you no longer come back, this is like religion to you guys. You know what I mean? And you're totally focused on this, okay? So if your lunch salads get a good dose of dressing, it may be one of the causes of your brain fog. The food additive MSG, monosodium glutamate, used as a taste enhancer and a flavoring agent is hidden in almost all processed foods ranging from bottled salad dressings, soups, and canned goods to many restaurant meals. People can experience physical symptoms when eating foods that contain MSG that last from a few hours to days, meaning it could last days, the response that you would have from MSG, and that is a for sure deal. And the most common of these is brain's brain fog. And here's how it works. The free glutamic acid is the active component in MSG and it is converted to glutamate in the body. Glutamate is a neurotransmitter or simply a chemical messenger that transmits signals between neurons in the brain. However, too much glutamate is toxic to the brain as it triggers an excitotoxic state that leads to cellular death. So I just really want to stress that because as we go, we're going to talk about how to improve cellular energy, different things that we can do to improve cellular, cellular energy, and how important that is for your long-term health and being preventative with your health and proactive with your health. But one of the first things we can do is not to kill your cellular health with your salad dressing. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of crazy because you will see that people will be super willing to take a pill, right? And spend extra money if something says that it will improve their cellular energy and, their, and, and mitochond build mitochondrial energy. But yet at the very same time that they spend $75 on that pill every month or they go and get an injection for something, they could just get rid of the Hidden Valley Ranch and it would take them so much i mean not the pill's good too but it would go so much further with that pill in helping them to be healthy all right so um so that's that's what one of that's kind of one of the examples of the foods um but it also says in addition um it is it's it's that cellular death what it means is that it's like releasing toxic waste in your body so free radicals become uh, just kind of like all over your body. So we will actually take supplements to fight free radicals, right? So that we'll do things like vitamin C or ALA. There's so many different supplements you would take to fight free radicals. But again, these foods are creating the free radicals. So at the end of the day, gosh, the most basic formula for being able to make you as healthy as possible, it still goes back to basics and it goes back to food. You know, so it goes back to, I don't wanna choose a salad dressing. I'm not going to have salad dressing at restaurants because I can assure you it's going to have MSG. The only way it wouldn't have MSG is truly if it was a restaurant that sat in back and crafted, handcrafted, that that dressing from scratch 
but you can't even guarantee if they use mayonnaise, you still can't even guarantee it. They could have made it from scratch, but yet they used mayonnaise. Now, they also could use a seasoning that's already a pre-combined seasoning. So even though they make it fresh, you got, you know, you see where I'm coming from? Like we, you still could not be in the clear with it. So my, my rule has always been don't do salad dressing at a restaurant. If you can get the little uh, travel shampoo size bottle with the little flip lid and put your primal dressing in there, put it in your purse. Uh, you know, put it in, if, for Brian that's watching, put it in your wife's purse, you know, and just get it to the restaurant. If you can't do it that way, then ask them for olive oil and then use the olive oil and vinegar. If they don't have it, don't do salad at that restaurant. Just nobody says you have to eat a salad. Ask for double broccoli, ask for double asparagus. That's honestly what I do for the most part. Because really, truly, when you eat out the average restaurant, you're getting not usually the greatest of salad, right? Uh, some of it's the mixed greens and the really good field greens, but some of it isn't. And then what do they really put on it? You know, a couple shredded carrots and a tomato, you know, it's not even that great. So another serving of asparagus might actually really go a long way and you might enjoy it more or whatever they would have. Okay, artificial sweeteners are, are the next food that causes brain fog. Aspartame is one of the most widely, widely used artificial sweeteners worldwide and also one of the most controversial. The public health crisis of rising obesity drove us to embrace the idea of sweetness without the calories. But study after study has shown that artificial sweeteners such as aspartame can do more harm than good. When aspartame is ingested, it breaks down into three different compounds, aspartic acid, phenylalanine, which I never say that right, and methanol methanol. Uh, when consumed in isolated large amounts, as in aspartame, they are, they are then able to cross the blood-brain barrier, excite the brain cells, and trigger their death. Even worse, methanol further breaks down into formaldehydes, which are neurotoxic and carcinogenic. And this is like cancer-causing. You know, and it seems like, oh, Debbie, come on. It's just, you know, what is it? Uh, gosh, which one has aspartame? Um, what's that? Oh, yeah, Diet Coke definitely has it, but there's a sweetener, the artificial packet. I can't think of which one has. No, Splenda would be sucralose. I think it's equal. That's what it is. That's what it is. So um, you, you think, okay, well, it's just that, but it's not. It's, it's in, you know, diet soda. It's in gum that you're chewing and you kind of think it's not that big a deal over time but it is because if you're having it every single day this is what's happening it's breaking the blood-brain barrier and it and, and you've got two things that's talking about cellular death like when you hear the word cellular death you really want to put on the brakes with a food this isn't like well my skin gets itchy when I eat that like okay your liver doesn't like it right or I get a stomach ache I get really bad heartburn. Cellular death is taking the food to a whole different level in terms of not being good for you. The sad part, I had this guy that came in yesterday and he did nutrition with me and he was just so surprised by the things that I was telling him. It was just really intense. He really thought he had been eating healthy. You could tell it was impacting him like on a really deep level. So when I told him like he just couldn't have the sweet and low anymore, it just made no sense to him. So I had to, I had to break this down. Like, 
in like crazy deep levels for him. And then it was like he looked at me like, well, why would that even be legal? Like he couldn't understand, like how could it even be legal to sell it then? And I said, do you know that if you study other countries that a lot of our most common ingredients that we consume are completely banned substances in those countries. They're not even allowed to exist, but yet we give them to our children freely because we don't know any different. And we talked about that with food dyes, but the, the, this is one of the examples. Like that aspartame is bad news and it has been for a long time. If you ever have a family member that tries to fight you on it and then just, just like, no, I, it's fine, you're, you're going over the top, just type in the words dangers of aspartame. There is so much data out there that just makes your eyes feel like they're gonna pop out of their head. You just can't believe the information from migraines to stomach issues to skin issues, all those generic stuff that we always talk about, but then it goes way deeper. A lot of brain issues, you know, a lot of mental instability can come from it. So really pay attention to it. Common symptoms of aspartame toxicity are headaches, mental confusion, problems with balance, and numbness. You know, if you think about it, neurological symptoms that come up, like those precursors to things like Parkinson's or precursors, you know, to different uh, nervous system issues, don't you think that something like this could actually be prompting that if you're taking it in on a very high level? So if you can really strip the body and rid the body of all those chemicals, then you may be surprised how much you can decrease some of those symptoms versus just immediately being put on a medication that you may or may not need that could be a very intense medication. You know, again, an example, a medication for Parkinson's. You know, I mean, just because you're so showing those, you know, premature signs for something like that, start with this stuff first, you know, get this stuff out. If you're still eating artificial sweeteners, you're still having MSG, we can guarantee you that you're probably going to be having some systems with your, uh, problems with your nervous system. Uh, unfortunately though, a the typical protocol with the doctor is they wouldn't talk to you about MSG and they typically don't talk to you about, typically about artificial sweeteners. It's usually just not the protocol when it comes to a nervous system issue. It's just usually not, they don't correspond. Even with a neurologist, like even if you go that far with it, that's not usually a topic of conversation. Okay, next one is bacon, all right? And so think of this um, sausage, um, uh, it, summer sausage, uh, you know, <clears throat> trying to think of any maybe other, you know, types of like convenience style prepackaged meat, hot dogs, things like this. Probably if it was, you know, if it wasn't uncured, no sugar added, then that would be considered for sure. So sodium nitrate, um, sodium nitrate and sodium nitrate, N-I-T-R-I-T-E and N-I-T-R-A-T-E and sodium potassium benzo benzoate are salts added to processed foods, particularly meats to preserve freshness. So, I mean, again, hot dogs, anything we can think of that we would have like that, all right? And I'm not thinking of good ones right now, but it's not just bacon. Um, the food industry relies on these additives as taste enhancers and as a way to preserve bright colors that will catch the eye of the consumer. 
Although <clears throat> the use of these additives is approved, approved by the Food and Drug Administration in regulated amounts, these chemicals are classified as group one carcinogens by the World Health Organization experts. A large number of health complaints have been reported by consumers, among them skin issues, respiratory problems, headaches, dizziness, and brain fog. The best way to avoid these is by uh, avoiding foods like bacon, jerky, hot dogs, pepperoni, that was one I was thinking of, uh, and sausages, and to read the labels. Now, they are making a lot of uncured bacon now, and uh, they're not putting sugar in it. And so when you see the bacon and you read the ingredients, it's like celery salt, garlic, pork. You know what I mean? I mean, it, that's really all it is. So it's way better than what, it, than what the, the, the cured bacon is. So that's what you want to look for so that you don't have to eliminate bacon for life. Then they also have, if you don't want to do pork, they have turkey versions of that, excuse me, that as well. So that's something to look into also. So a lot of people have issues with pork. You know, it's a histamine builder for people. So I would say yes, because of that, you know, not then that would be the reason. If, if you truly, if you have pork and you get a stomach ache, if you have pork and you notice yourself kind of being almost more histamatic, more allergic, your allergies start to come up. Most cases with pork, it's usually more of a digestive upset, just a bloating and a swelling that comes from it. Um, but that's not to say that it couldn't prompt other histamine responses. Sometimes joint pain could come from pork. Okay, so yes, the turkey bacon in that case would be better because it's, it's less systematic and a little bit more neutral. Okay, okay. but notice that it says that, um, it said respiratory problems in there. So, you know, it, it, it's so interesting when people come in and they have asthma and they're having breathing issues, if you start to reduce some of these high histamine producing foods, you don't really look at bacon and think, well, that's going to make me have asthma. Like, you just don't think that. But what's, it's what's in the bacon that could cause the problem, you know? And that would be the same with the jerky and all the other things, too, okay? Now, scary thing is that most of those foods usually have MSG in them, too, okay? So you're going to likely get dextrose, maltodextrin as a sugar, and then you're going to get MSG, and then you're going to get some of these curing, the nitrates, the, uh, pota you know, the sodium, potassium, benzate, those types of things. You're going to get all of those in there to preserve the freshness, but then they're also going to put MSG in it, okay? And then, and then we're going to be in a situation where they might add dextrose and maltodextrin. Could be getting triple things in that hot dog. And I guarantee you, if you're at the ballpark, that hot dog has it in there, right? Now, if you go to Whole Foods, you get the grass-fed, uncured, no sugar added, and you look at the ingredients, and it's, again, salt, celery salt, garlic. See how you feel. It's a much better option. There's a definite possibility for it. Um, alcohol. Various components in alcohols can cause sensitivity, and the severity of the allergic reactions depend on the person's genetic profile, one major symptom being brain fog. Here's a list of ingredients in wine, beer, liquor, and spirits that may be worsening your brain fog. Sulfite additives are used to sterilize barrels and tanks before fermentation takes place. 
Histamines are suggested to play a role in allergic-like reactions to wine. Um, ethanol is found to play a role, including allergic reactions, especially in Asians and certain other populations, due to the lack of the enzyme that metabolizes ethanol. Uh, most beers contain gluten. People who are sensitive to gluten report an improvement in brain fog when gluten is cut out of their diet. So some of that was basic stuff. Most of us would think that ethanol would cause an issue, wouldn't? I mean, I would think if I consumed ethanol that I would have an allergic response to that, right? Um, I never really think about taking something from my cleaning closet and drinking it. So you gotta think that could be in some of those products and it's also in your wine or it's also in your liquor. Not trying to convince anyone to stop drinking for life. I am trying to tell you if you have genuine health issues, you've gotta take it as a serious consideration because there's just no way to do it in a healthy fashion. I mean, ethanol is ethanol. Then you layer it. You add the gluten when you do the beer. You add the sulfates. Uh, you add the, the histamine load that you're gonna get from the different other factors and the other things that are in the food, okay? Um, but this is really just about brain fog, but it opens the door to so many other things that come up from it too. Okay, cheese and dairy. Milk and dairy products such as cheese, yogurt, and whey protein found in bodybuilding and energy drinks are just one of the food categories that the FDA also recognized as a major allergen, potentially causing allergic reactions in some people that can range from mild to severe. Um, others can be fatal. Other foods considered major allergens are gluten, soy, shellfish, um, tree nuts, uh, peanuts, certain types of finned fish, and sesame. For people with sensitivities or allergies to these foods, the body sees the proteins as a threat and produces antibodies to chase them out. If you experience symptoms of brain fog, headache, digestive discomfort when you eat specific type of food, you may have a sensitivity, but not necessarily an allergy. So you might not test for an allergy for that food, but you may have the sensitivity, which we've talked about before. With either situation, it is best to avoid those foods altogether and be careful when reading labels as they may be hidden ingredients, especially milk and eggs. Um, these are like, they didn't even really get into why milk and dairy would be an issue and all the different details of what could be in, in milk and cheese. We've kind of talked about that when I've talked about why we would uh, eliminate or why we would delete, you know, dairy from your diet. So I'm not going to even go into that. But what I liked was that they're presenting what a high histamine producing food can do to you and what are high histamine producing foods. So I have found it to be very difficult to find medical support, supporting medical data on how to control histamine levels in relation to your food. So this was nice that that article like started to dial into that. So that I was happy with that. How does that, anybody have questions about any of that? That's all really great information. Uh, just that it's a high histamine producing food. So if you're having histamine responses, the foods that you're gonna wanna try to delete would be dairy, gluten, corn, soy, peanuts, pork, shellfish. But remember that there are a lot of grains that are cross-reactive foods for gluten. 
So you might delete all of those foods, like 100% of them, but then you might be in a situation where you still have oatmeal every day, or you still have brown rice, or you have brown rice pasta, or something like that. That is still considered a cross-reactive food for gluten. So if you're in an autoimmune category, you gotta think that your body is very likely to see it as having a similar amino acid profile and having it, it's likely to have a response from it. And that's where you'll get the folks that go gluten-free, they buy all the gluten-free foods, nothing that they own, you know, I mean, it's all gluten-free, but they, they're still sick. You know, they still have issues. And that's just because they're having that cross-reactive response to quinoa, to oatmeal, to brown rice, to corn. It's all those cross-reactive foods in there, okay? So we talked a little bit about the brain fog. We brought up those foods, but now I want to narrow down on a, I want to narrow in on a very particular ingredient, which I always bring up, which is maltodextrin. Um, first, I'm just going to bore you with what maltodextrin is. I'm not going to read the whole entire thing, but I just want you to have an idea. It's used as a thickener, a filler, or a preservative in many processed foods. And Dr. Axe wrote this article, just so you know, so if you ever want to look it up, the five dangers of, five dangers of maltodextrin. Um, and uh, it says that um, it's found in many processed foods. It's an it's, it is an artificially produced white powder that can be enzymatically derived from any starch, most commonly made from corn, rice, potato starch, or wheat, okay? So if something has maltodextrin in it, does that mean it's gluten-free? We can't guarantee it. A lot of labels that want to still identify that their product is gluten-free will say that this is derived from corn. You know, they, they, they'll prove that it's not the type of maltodextrin that is from wheat. But there are a lot of people that don't know to, to look at that or to look for that and to realize that there could be a, an allergy that could come from having that maltodextrin, all right? Now, again, corn is a high histamine producing food, so you're likely to be trying to stay away from corn anyways. That's why you just immediately don't even go to maltodextrin because there's a really good chance it's going to be from corn, okay? Although maltodextrin comes from natural foods, it's highly processed. The starch goes through a process called partial hydrolysis, which is water, enzymes, and acids to break down the starch to create a water-soluble white powder. When the powder is added to food, it thickens the product, prevents crystallization, and helps bind ingredients together. The difference between maltodextrin and corn syrup solids is that maltodextrin is hydrolyzed to have less than 20% sugar content, whereas corn syrup solids have more than 20%. Okay, so when they put it in there, it's because they just don't want it to cake. So maybe your stevia powder might have maltodextrin in it because they want it to be more granulated like sugar. Right? And it, it does taste better when it has it in there because it does kind of feel like it's, it, it tastes like sugar. And when you bake with it, it has that same texture as sugar. 
But there's a reason for that. There's a cost for that, unfortunately, okay? Maltodextrin is a polysaccharide, which is, the type of is, is a type of carbohydrate. It's commonly used as a thickener or filler to increase the volume of processed foods like instant puddings and gelatin sauces and salad dressings. Baked goods, potato chips, jerky, yogurts, nutrition bars, meal replacement shakes, and sugar-free sweeteners like Splenda. So Splenda doesn't just have sucralose, it also has maltodextrin in it. But I mean, so do a lot of stevias too. Tapioca maltodextrin is used to make powders because it absorbs and thickens fat. It encapsulates the oil and holds it within the powder um, until it uh, comes into contact with water. Bodybuilders sometimes use simple carbohydrates after workouts in order to restore the body's glycogen, stored energy, and glucose, usable energy levels. Post-workout bodybuilders or athletes may consume high glycemic foods like maltodextrin and dextrose that raise the normal blood sugar and insulin in order to get carbohydrates into the muscle cells. So I like putting that paragraph in there because I want you to understand that the reason that they consume the maltodextrin is because they're actually attempting to intentionally raise their insulin levels. Okay, that's why they consume it. So when we consume it in our bar and in our powder and in our this, guess what? That's what it's going to do to us. So I wanted to throw that in there. According to research uh, published in the International Journal of Sports and Nutrition and Exercise Metabolism, carbohydrate powder in the formal maltodextrin is safe for young healthy athletes who use it for post-exercise glycogen resynthesis, assuming they have adequate glucose metabolism. I, I don't meet people that have adequate glucose metabolism, but yet in, this, at the same, in the same note, what if someone did come in with adequate glucose metabolism? Do you think that they would have it for long if they kept consuming malt? I just don't think that they would. How do you know they have it? Well, right, exactly. Like, what are we going to do, right, to test that, right? So I never suggest that. And in, in is one of the reasons why I am an oddity in the bodybuilding community, because I never cycle people the way everybody else does. I don't have a peak week, the week of show. I don't put people through these types of things after workouts and before workouts. I just get people as healthy as they can possibly be. I use whole food, real food. That works for people, then great. But I truly believe that there's long-term impacts from doing those types of things. So I've never, I've never jumped on board for that. Okay. So spikes in the blood sugar. Maltodextrin can cause spikes in your blood sugar because it has a high glycemic index, and this can be particularly dangerous for people with diabetes symptoms or insulin resistance, which a lot of people have and really don't know it. Um, maltodextrin's glycemic index is even higher than table sugar Eek. Um, from 106 to 136 while table sugar is 65. Uh, easily absorbed carbohydrates like maltodextrin and sugar get into your bloodstream quickly and if the carbs aren't used for energy they're stored as fat. That's another big issue. This is very different in, than real complex carbohydrates from whole grains that are broken down and absorbed slowly, or like a sweet potato or something like that, helping to keep you feeling full and energized for a longer period of time. So the reality is, is that that maltodextrin is genuinely intended to produce an insulin spike. 
to why I don't understand why it's okay to put that in our protein powder. You know what I mean? Or to put it in our pills. Oh, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I guess the maltodextrin is a little bit better than injecting insulin, right, exactly. Um, and it, again, that's a really dangerous method, too. People have died from doing that. So if people have died from injecting insulin because they're trying to become better bodybuilders, again, you have to think, you've got to really break this down. If over time they keep doing this maltodextrin situation and it's sort of doing what the insulin is supposed to do only on a smaller scale, over time you're going to create a disease. You know, it's just going to cause a problem internally and it may be one in which you're never going to see on the scale. You know, the scale might always look good. You might always look good. I, working for Powerhouse for 10 years and now being away from Powerhouse for 10 years, I have clients or people that I, I've known for years, not clients, bodybuilders that I've witnessed since I was a very, very young kid, like being in the sixth grade, they're still lifting. They had heart attacks, you know, and they looked amazing on the outside. I mean, phenomenal. They looked phenomenal in their 60s. They still look phenomenal in their 70s, even after the heart attack, but they still had the heart attack, okay? They were on the stair mill five days a week. They are the least likely person to have a heart attack, but some of these practices are just not good, practices for good health, okay? Uh, it suppresses the growth of probiotics. So maltodextrin can change the composition of your gut bacteria by suppressing the growth of, of beneficial probiotics. Research conducted um, basically states that um, polysaccharides like maltodextrin have been linked to bacteria-associated intestinal disorders. Um, so you would wanna like think of that like, if I have bacterial overgrowth in my gut, then I'm gonna keep growing it if I'm having something with maltodextrin in it. So that's where even with Sophie, I don't really like to give her a vitamin that has maltodextrin in it because she has always had bacteria overgrowth in her gut. And so when you remove those sugars and you're not feeding that bacteria, even that smallest amount will, that bacteria will come alive from that because it's like, finally, there's something I can try to feed off of, you know, so even in the smallest amounts or in drinks like carbonated waters that are flavored, you know, maybe they say there are no carb, they say there are no sugar, but yet they still have maltodextrin in it. So how does that even play? It would say it. Yeah. Maltodextrin would always be listed on the ingredients, you know, so yeah, absolutely. You won't miss it. It says in 2012, a study found that maltodextrin increased bacterial adhesion to human intestinal epo, uh, epithelial cells and enhanced E. coli, um, which is associated with autoimmune disorders. Even more research points out that maltodextrin promotes the, survivor, the survival of salmonella, which may be uh, uh, responsible for a broad range of chronic inflammatory diseases. Now, I don't want to get really like deep and complicated about this, but if you're growing up and you get mono, okay, or you're growing up and you get food poisoning, okay, salmonella um, or E. coli, something like that, right? That's standard. We've all had something like that. We've all had food poisoning. It just happens. We can do everything right and still get food poisoning. 
Um, we can do everything right and still get mono. So we can treat it and we can try to get better from it, but those viruses often still lie dormant inside, okay? And so this type of ingredient keeps those viruses more current. And for someone like me with an autoimmune condition, if I have too much of something like this, I will fall prey to a virus that could last me a month, a chronic fatigue loaded virus, one that I can't figure out what to do or what to take. And I'll have to go to a homeopathic doctor and be treated. And they'll tell me it's a mono style virus, or they'll tell me that it's a salmonella or it's an E. coli. I have homeopathic drops for all of those things that I've taken over the years. So this, I believe, that autoimmune conditions are more apparent now than years ago because we have foods that are like, they're, they're, they're filled with stuff like this. So then people are taking in these types of foods on multiple layers. Think of all we just talked about. Now we're adding maltodextrin to the bacon. Now we add all the symptoms from the maltodextrin and the MSG and the curing, okay? So now we're put in a position where we really could be creating the autoimmune disease over the years because we just keep flaring up all these chronic viruses by continuing to take in these items. So I know that's getting a little deep with it, but it really, it's very possible. Um, made from genetically modified corn. I won't even make you listen to the whole entire, um, I mean, I think you guys know enough about why we don't want to have genetically modified corn, right? So that, that maltodextrin could be made from that. Uh, it may cause allergic reactions or side effects. So I think we kind of know that, especially if it's made from wheat, but also because it's made from corn. Okay, so if someone's suffering with celiac disease or gluten intolerance, they really need to stay away from maltodextrin. But they also really need to stay away from maltodextrin if they're suffering from immune issues. Um, symptoms uh, would be that, you know, you would have things like skin irritations, cramping, bloating, allergic reactions, just all signs that you're not digesting those well. It's rarely going to get linked to something like this though, right? Like when you go to the doctor, if you're having allergic reactions, do they really try to narrow down if it's maltodextrin? I mean, it's just not gonna get linked to something like this. So that's when you have to go back to basics with your food. Chicken breast, and just make it a, a good chicken breast, not like the kind that was already pre-cooked, pre-packaged, and injected, okay? Uh, green beans, just green beans, that there was no other ingredients in it, and olive oil. If we're trying to back ourselves out of symptoms, get basic with your food. Get very basic with your food so that these types of ingredients no longer impact you. Okay, then you decide you're gonna bring something new in a month down the road, you should know within a week of consistency of eating it if that was a problem. Okay, it has no nutritious value. So if there's any other, if there's no reason than that, anything, it's because of that. Um, a teaspoon of maltodextrin is about 15 calories and 3.8 grams of carbohydrates. And that's about it. So it's highly processed and devoid of all nutrients. While it can spike blood sugar levels and promote the growth of harmful bacteria in the gut, there are no health benefits that come with the consumption of maltodextrin. So um, pick some that provide a nutritional value. I mean, stevia is an all natural sweetener. 
as long as you buy the all natural one. It actually can provide a nutritional value. It is a plant, you know, so try to go a plant-based route when you can. So I talk about that brain fog, but then I just pick one of the ingredients that could be in one of those foods, and it's just one of them, right? So some of those foods I mentioned had way more than one of them in there. Can we understand why we would be tired at two o'clock every day after we ate a BLT and the bread and the gluten and then the mayonnaise that has the soybean oil and the peanut oil in it and the sugar and the corn syrup and then the cheese, right? That's, a, that's an immune responder. The, B, the BLT suddenly is like killing us slowly every day, right? And I know that's dramatic, but I wanna be that dramatic because lives can change if you start paying attention to it in that great a detail. You really, really can. Um, coffee creamer. I mean, look at your coffee creamer. It has maltodextrin in it, if it's creamer, right? Unless it's one of the ones that we've already talked about and think, you know, we've approved it and it's, it's good, right? We understand the ingredients, but if you're out, it, it's going to end up having something in it that you don't want to have, okay? Um, trying to see if there was anything else that I thought would be helpful, but I, I think you guys get the drift from maltodextrin. I have three articles and there was way more that you could have. Um, I do think that that uh, Dr. Axe article is really good. And like I said, it was just top five dangers of maltodextrin. The other article was just, you're probably eating one of the five foods that cause brain fog. And the person, it was an MD that wrote this, which is great. Um, and his name is Gary Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. So if you want to try to look up that article. Okay. Any questions about that? Right. So I thought, well, I just got really negative about an ingredient. So I should try to uplift us and try to figure out, well, if we've been consuming that ingredient for years, I want to feel like we can do something to produce hope, right? Like there's a way, or are we all just going to sit here and think we're all now going to die because we ate maltodextrin for years? So I want to give you some ideas on how to build cellular energy, since without us knowing, we've been consuming foods that were killing our cellular energy. So I want to give you some ideas. This is a great um, article. The title of it is The Scientific Secret to having tons of energy every single day. And it talks about energy in the mitochondria. I'm not gonna read the whole entire thing, but I'm gonna cut a couple points out that I think are very important. What exactly are mitochondria? Mitochondrial cells are little batteries that produce, and I'm sorry if I don't pronounce things well, adazine triphosphate, ATP, which is the cellular fuel your body uses for activities. You may have heard that from a, an exercise perspective as well. Mitochondria are found through the human body, but are a whopping concentrate, there are whopping concentrations of them in your muscles, brain, and heart. If you max out the number of mitochondria you have and the amount of ATP they produce, your brain will be super focused, your athletic performance will be at, at a peak, and your energy will be boundless. Sounds like a great way to live, doesn't it? Yes, it does. As we age, we should be replacing old, dying off mitochondria with new ones. This process is called mitochondrial biogenesis, and it's crucial for vibrant aging. If we are sick or growing older and have mitochondria 
uh, die-off, basically, without biogenesis, we have increasingly lower energy levels and will develop medical problems. When this situation occurs, we also have less ATP production, as well as, as a result, we get one big mitochondrial mess. So I'm just throwing this out there, but when we go to the doctor, wouldn't it make sense, instead of, you know, high blood pressure medication, high cholesterol medication, all of these sort of uh, ladder climbing um, medications that we step ourselves into, wouldn't it be great if like at 35, they started addressing mitochondrial energy, right? And they were like, okay, you're gonna be facing the 40s here soon, therefore you're gonna be dipping. So what we need to do is make sure you don't become a mitochondrial mess, and we need to make sure that you're rebuilding your mitochondria and that there's no die off, right? Well, the first thing they would tell you is to change your food because you can change the energy in your mitochondria when you're not having cellular death by the foods that you're taking in. If, if the school board could understand that concept, would they feed our kids MSG every single day? Would they feed them food dyes every single day? Would they feed them aspartame? They don't understand it because the government isn't educating them on it. Granted, someone isn't educating the government either, but you can't always just like blame the school board because if they really know it and they have all the data and they still do it and they haven't tried to be an advocate and go to the parents and say, we learned this and we really need to change this for our kids, you all need to start raising some money so that we can feed them differently. But has anyone really talked to them like that? Like, does a doctor actually go there and explain this to them? Do the folks that run our schools even know this? You know, there might be some, but probably not. I know, I know. And the thing is, is that functional medicine doctors are, are truly practicing medicine and they're trying to practice medicine like this and they're working with children as well but man we really need to try to get this type of information out there because this could save our kids from going down a path of disease and they're starting them so young i mean i just met with before you all i was kind of late to start i just met with an 11 year old you know she has diabetes she's 11 she has hypothyroid I mean, that's not good, you know, and, and unfortunately, her parents, they don't know what to do and they're trying, you know, like her parents went on keto. Good for them. They were trying. But what, where else do they have to go to, to get the data, you know? And I'll tell you what, in, in our daughter's situation, the mom has taken her to the pediatrician and that guy has worked against me every step of the way. When I say no dairy, he says, that's terrible for her. Get her back on dairy. And then there she goes being bloated again. There goes the eczema, right? You know, when I say she needs to decrease the sugar, he says, you know, you don't want to create a, a an eating disorder in her. Like the, the pe Right? <laughs> I tried to, no, I have, yes, I have. But the problem is, is that how many more Kaimans are there out there in comparison to everybody else at the school going to a pediatrician that's just like that one? So I'm this lone ranger weird person with the opinion 
but if I can convert you guys to being weird like me, we can go out there like that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm doing it subliminally. You just don't know it. And then you're going to go out there and impact people that I can't get in front of. And it, that makes me uh, jump out of bed in the morning to be able to find the right information to get it to you so that you will do that and you'll stand firm on it and people's lives will be changed because of it you know and I'm passionate about that what happens when the mitochondria aren't producing enough energy I think we know that but mitochondrial dysfunction is defined by one or all of the following um, you know basically it's that uh, we're aging okay we're starting to create disease so what's a sign that our mitochondria isn't functioning properly? We're looking and feeling older, okay? Unfortunately. Uh, second thing, we're, we're getting diseases. Uh, sad thing, though, is that an 11-year-old is starting to experience that. That's where we need to start getting, like, sirens going off right it's another thing for us when we're starting like i said it hit my 40s and then this kind of started happening i'm not accepting of it at all that's why i go to dr bly that's why i go to dr bone that's why i go to all these people i go to dr naputi they they keep me out of the just well i'm 44 now this is how it's going to be no 44 i mean really when i was 40 i felt it really shift i mean i could just feel the shift you know but that those are our signs, you know, fatigue, less energy, you know, and we make excuses for that. And, and I, I kind of feel like I'm doctor bashing and I swear I'm not trying to, cause I have amazing doctors that I go to, they keep me alive. But a lot of times our doctors make excuses for it too. You know, they truly will say, I mean, but you know, you're in your fifties, you're approaching menopause and you're gonna be more fatigued. You're gonna have, right. They're gonna have 10 more pounds on you. You know what I mean? So, okay. Um, can you eat to optimize your mitochondria? Yes, we know that, an anti-inflammatory diet. Literally the diet that I suggested to you in the beginning, that basic one and one that I've been trying to like feed you new ideas for, guess what? That's building energy in your mitochondria. The only unfortunate thing is when you bring the methanol in every weekend, you're sort of killing it. <laughs> so it's like, but what would be worse is if you had the bad food and the methanol. So I'm excited, right? That you're, you're doing the, the good food, but you, you gotta realize if you're aging at a rapid rate, if you're getting fatigue at a rapid rate, if you're creating disease, maybe the sugar, maybe the gluten, maybe the methanol's gotta give. Cause you have to decide which one do I want more, right? Do I want to be brain fogged three days a week, four days a week, or do I want to start living different? And then suddenly, it's just not that big a deal that you don't have the sugar on the weekend because you feel so good all throughout the week and it's just worth it. it there's no trade-off for that, right? Um, uh, what types of exercise benefit mitochondrial health? I thought I'd share this with you. Many types of exercise are wonderful to your mitochondrial health, including walking, jogging, and weight training. However, scientists are discovering that the best type of exercise is high intensity interval training, HIT. Um, super easy to do if you have access to a track or a gym or a swimming pool. Go all out for 30 to 45 seconds and then rest for about a minute and then repeat. At first, uh, time these intervals, but eventually, you know, you'll just get to a point to where you'll just do like 20 minutes worth of HIT. You can do it on anything. Like they said, you can walk. 
You know, you just power your way through the straight part of the track and then rest on the little curved part of the track. Power your weight. Don't feel like you have to run. That speed walk will get your heart rate up and it'll produce that. But in anything that you do, the bike, the elliptical, doesn't matter. You can do this. You know, that's a way. And in fasting with HIT training, right? Doing your cardio on an empty stomach early in the morning so your body's more likely to access stored body fat and build mitochondrial energy, which we know that fasting does that too. Well, that's like, that's like we're building. So that ladder of those medications and all those things, now we're building a ladder to a different life, right? And a different lifestyle. Um, so any time that you get into a mode to where you say, I gotta get out of this, this thinking, I gotta get out of these foods that I'm in, start researching mitochondria. It gets your head in a different place. It really does. It's not that scientific. That wasn't that bad. Some of the other stuff was kind of like getting in there, but this is not that bad to read about. Read about it. Find people who have written books on it. Listen to them on Audible. Like I said, when I li listen to fasting and talks about fasting, I'm more motivated to fast because I'm just like, why am I not doing this all the time? I would feel amazing, you know? And it next day, I'm back in it, I'm back on it, I'm focused. Do the same thing with mitochondria because it'll make you think, maybe I should do glutathione injections. Maybe I should do vitamin C therapy. You know, maybe I should do some of these therapies that are actually intended to improve my mitochondrial energy, you know? And I have a, if you go out to our website, integritytrainingsystems.com, Dr. Richard Bly is on there, and I did a podcast with him. And it was a while ago, but I even repeated it recently. Um, so you just look back, you look under podcasts, and you'll go to that. You could also go to SoundCloud, and it'll be on there as well. If you just type in Debbie Portel, me and Dr. Bly will be on there. And he talked all about mitochondria. He talked about stem cells and how you could do treatments for stem cells to build that, in, that cellular energy. He also talked about glutathione and how that can. So if you wanna kinda take your thinking to a different level, listen to what Dr. Bly says, and then take some of those ideas and start researching those topics too, and hear what other doctors are talking about. But I will tell you, you're likely to um, find that it's going to be more of a functional medicine practice to where they're, that's where they're going to be, you know, talking about that type of energy. Uh, but my gosh, we need to start because if we have 11 year olds that have diabetes and hypothyroid, guess what? That's a sign of the die off, right? She's taking in foods every single day. She hates vegetables. She's taking in foods every single day. That's causing cellular death parents probably hated vegetables too, right? They probably grew up hating vegetables. I didn't have a choice if I liked or didn't like vegetables. I ate it anyways, right? I, or I didn't eat. It was really simple. You can eat this because this is what we can afford and what we have, or you, you just don't get to eat dinner. And I did that a couple times where I didn't eat dinner. Learned very quickly by like <laughs> one o'clock in the morning when I woke up feeling like there was a hole in my stomach and my dad had already ate all of the extra food that I was supposed to eat and there was nothing for me to eat then. I learned that I should learn to like vegetables because that's what I'm going to need to eat. And I just ate them, you know, and there, I got to where I absolutely loved them. We had a garden. I mean, I would eat a cucumber with a salt shaker and I would just eat it 
like that, you know, and sometimes I'd slice it. I would eat tomatoes all the time. I mean, we would have peppers. We would have whatever you could even think of on our table. And it, was, it wasn't always cooked, you know. My mom would just slice it up because that was all the time she had, but we always had vegetables, always. Uh, even if it was a frozen bag of vegetables, and even if it was a canned, you know, thing of vegetables, we still would never have a meal without vegetables, ever. And even if we had potatoes, she still made you eat green beans or she still made you eat another vegetable with the potatoes, all right? Now, now I'm gonna talk about frankincense oil, which actually does help us to benefit our mitochondrial energy. So I've tried to talk about all the ways we can destroy our mitochondrial energy. And now I'm trying to build us back up so we feel like we can come back to life on ways that we can rebuild it. I use frankincense oil every day. I rub it on my thyroid because that's my weak area. I have autoimmune condition of thyroid. So every day I wake up and rub it on my thyroid. However, um, I've had times where I've had achiness uh, where remember when I told you I was having those issues with the nightshades and I felt like my nerves were on fire in certain areas, I would rub the frankincense on that. I have clients that have chronic knee issues. I have them rub the frankincense on the knee issues. I just always go to where the weakness is in someone's body and I just say, just try to rub a little bit of it on there and see if you don't feel a little bit of a difference. I'm gonna tell you, yeah, I mean, I use it on my thyroid for these reasons, okay? Um, it comes from the resin or sap inside the Boswellia tree. Um, and I remember when my oldest dog, uh, Molly, was getting her chronic pain. She was in her chronic pain phase at like age 14. She would take Boswellia complex and it made such a difference. And if I ran out of it, it made such a difference. And so I got to thinking that su that was such an anti-inflammatory for her how effective would it be that I was taking an anti-inflammatory like that every single day? Uh, the sap is extracted and then left to dry and hardened. Once hardened, it's then um, steam distilled and produced as a pure essential oil. Frankincense essential oil continues to be one of the most popular essential oils due to its amazing benefits and the scent it produces to promote peace, tranquility, and overall wellness. I have a, a client that has overcome very serious addiction it's pretty extreme addiction. And uh, I've told him, you know, at nighttime, because he struggles at night because he, he thinks about all the bad that's transpired. And I tell him to put the, the frankincense right behind his ears so that he can smell it, so that he can get some calm. And then I have him take the magnesium and he takes some melatonin. And it's like this little formula that we have to kind of like put him into a state of peace before he goes to sleep. Otherwise he stays like, 100 miles a minute he can't calm the brain down you know he's staying for, he's staying clean but he he's at he has no peace and that's no way to live either you know so seven amazing benefits of the oil <clears throat> dynamic for dental health it's kind of like okay where'd that come from but trust me you want healthy dent you want healthy teeth coming from someone who had a five-hour teeth cleaning a couple of weeks ago you just want your gums to be as healthy as possible because that bacteria is going to be transferred throughout the rest of your body. Thanks to its antiseptic properties, frankincense oil is a natural solution to fighting the bacteria in the mouth that can cause plaque and bad breath. Uh, this can help prevent tooth decay and oral infections, and it can be added to mouthwash and toothpaste just to keep the gums healthy. A respiratory illness reducer. 
Um, it can ease symptoms of bronchial and sinus infections by clearing the airways in the body. Its anti-inflammatory properties open the breathing passages, which can be effective for those who suffer from asthma. So if you have a regular asthma, have someone put it on their chest. Um, and it can also soothe uh, coughs rela related to phlegm. Supportive of cellular function, this is kind of the reason, but I wanted you to know, but I love all these other reasons too. The ability to support good health and boost the immune system has made frankincense essential oil ideal for overall health. Frankincense essential oil has the properties that assist with healthy cell function by promoting cell and tissue regeneration. Add a few drops to a nebulizing essential oil diffuser to get your daily dose of the support. That's one way of doing it, okay? Um, but I like, I like to think, and maybe I'm not biblically sound on this, so if you all know, but I like to think that that's part of the reason why they gave that, that was, right, they gave it to Jesus, was, would be sort of like for that reason, you know, because of the, the health promotion. What's that? Oh, gosh, you can buy it so many places. You could buy it at Whole Foods. You could buy it at O'Fallon Nutrition. I um, sell doTERRA, the brand doTERRA. I mean, you don't, you certainly don't. Yeah, the doTERRA is a pretty good brand. D-O-T-E-R-R-A. It's sort of a multi-level marketing thing, though, so just be, you know, worry. Talk to your vet first, but they're... I just hate to say that, do you know what I mean? But um, my gosh, my dogs, have, they've benefited so much from essential oils. Do you put it in food or do you rub it on them? I don't, I rub it on them. She, my Dr. Frick, Ava Frick, she has essential oils that she uses, a whole brand, and I can't remember what brand she uses. If I think about it, I'll post. And I used to rub it on Cannon's belly every night and I'd rub it on uh, Molly's hips you know, and theirs was, theirs, it was a different one. It was like a Boswellia complex. So it was frankincense and other things. So it wasn't just frankincense. For me though, I just rubbed just the frankincense, okay? Um, it is uh, naturally disinfecting. So you could use it uh, to beat bugs and get rid of germs in the harsh instead of using harsh chemicals in your home. It's helpful in reducing inflammation. One of the main components of frankincense oil is a compound that acts the same way as over-the-counter anti-inflammatories such as aspirin and ibuprofen. The anti-inflammatory property of frankincense essential oil can reduce inflammation from diseases like arthritis, asthma, Crohn's disease without the unwanted side effects. So that's why I like with the rubbing it on the knees, um, you know, and it's just like two drops. And then, I mean, the bottle will last you a long time. You will spend a lot for it if it's a good quality product, but it'll last you a long time. All right, right. Yep. That's right. I wonder if that Boswellia complex wouldn't help. What does he take it for? Like, what's the inflammation? Like, where is it? It's just, uh, it's just chronic. Kind of slightly hip dysplasia and arthritis, so like the back of his legs, so he stands. And okay. But he's in really good health outside of that. So. Okay. And he has to go up the stairs to go to the bedroom. So yeah. It takes a while. Yeah. The, the one thing I can say is with the frankincense, if they were, to, if you were to put it to somewhere and they were to lick it, I just don't know if you have to be like i don't know if they're yeah. okay to take it in that way so that's something you'd want to check and i would do it at night when he just 
like he would just write, right? So just I would just read about them, just trying to be overly cautious. Um, but I'm just going to throw this out there. It was life-altering for my dogs at that older age when they started getting that chronic fatigue when I took them to Dr. Frick. Her chiropractic adjustments turned them completely around. It's Dr. Ava Frick. She's a pet chiropractor and veterinarian, but she's a more holistic veterinarian. So she's going to use like standard process style supplements for your animals. Like it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's remarkable the way they've changed, but like even like the Boswellia complex, maybe you could get him off of that medication, get her more on like the Boswellia complex that he'd take as a pill. You could rub the oil, go and have a chiropractic adjustment every four months. She's pretty great. I mean, when it comes to that type of thing, she's pretty amazing. Eureka. I mean, it's not convenient, but I mean, Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, then that's not too bad. Yeah. It, it, it was just, I hate to take a break there, but it's, it was life altering for my dogs. So, I mean, they, they lived longer because of it. I think so. Yeah. I think fresh time would have it because they have lots of essential oils. Yeah. I don't think that would be a problem. Um, Dr. Naputi, Dr. Bone and Dr. Bly. Naputi's the chiropractor that I go to for adjustments, like just physical adjustments. He's really good. Um, he did the radio show after mine for six years. So I would drive home and listen to him. Sophie and I would listen to him. So like she feels like she knows who he is. But um, good show, really good information. He's on Saturdays now. So if you want to kind of learn about him, and I, go, I get the vitamin C therapy there too. They, it, the, they do like a, a injection of vitamin C. Um, okay, uh, it is an accessory to relaxation. When stress gets the better of you, take time for frankincense. Um, and it is a beauty serum. So um, let's, let's find out why. That seems like something we'd all like to know. The benefits of frankincense essential oils bring to the skin are endless. In fact, uh, it's one of the most prominent uses uh, for this amazing essential oil. The ability to revive and rejuvenate the skin makes frankincense oil uh, wonderful for reducing the appearance of wrinkles, scars, preventing acne, and healing minor wounds. But I guess if you're taking it for you know, the support of cellular function, then you would have to think that in your skin, or, you know, if you put it on your skin and it would do it the same way. I need to start like lathering it on my face. <laughs> like pouring it on. Deb, what is that smell on you? <laughs> Nothing, just a little frankincense. Okay, so that was a lot of stuff uh, that I, uh, it's not bad at all. It really isn't. But I mean, if I poured it all over my face, it would be. But not. It's not bad at all. You. What's that? It smells like a spice. Kind of. Yes. Absolutely. It is so little that I mean, really, like by the time it like works into you, I don't even really think you. You might smell on your finger for the next hour, but if you just wash your hands real quick, you're good. Yes. No. Absolutely. It's plenty safe for that. Yeah. That's no problem. Well, there's one that's called Elizum, E-L-Y-S-I-U-M, and that's an NAD supplement. And that website is excellent because it 
really does a great job of explaining this as well. It breaks all this down into deeper detail, explains why you want to build energy in your mitochondria. I, I think I told you about that, didn't I, that long time ago? Take it in the morning, mental clarity, sharpness. I thought I told you about that. E, yeah, and go out there and look that up. That's great. It, it, Justin takes it. He start, He stopped taking it, and he just came back, and he was like, something's wrong. And then I, I said, well, did you stop taking that? And he said, yes. I'm like, I guarantee that's what it is. And so I gave him my, you know, some of mine, and he, it just like, it was like better the next day. E-L-Y-S-I-U-M. U-M. Mm -hmm. That's an NAD supplement. N-A-D. N-A-D. And then glutathione and in research what glutathione is um, any type of supplement that would increase the production of glutathione in your body or an injection of glutathione an iv of glutathione so that your body is pulling heavy metals out and you're detoxing heavy metals your liver is cleansing better but again rebuilding cellular energy coenzyme q10 is supposed to be great for that I would say those would be your top three. Well, frankincense is kind of right there with it. You know what I mean? But that's an oil. CoQ10. So C-O-Q and then 10. You, you take... CoQ10, take it during the daytime. I've always been scared to take a lot of things without food because I have a sensitive stomach. Some people might not. I tend to get sort of dizzy and nauseous if I take it, you know, without food. You just kind of feel that feeling. But a CoQ10, the key for me would be take it during the daytime. It will impact your sleep if you don't. It won't make you, f you will not feel, you will not take it and think that you're like, anything you don't you know a couple of days of not taking it you'll notice it but it, it will impact your sleep so you want to take it in the morning it's going to energize you so it's it, you're going to take it in the morning yeah absolutely yeah i mean and bly does the glutathione injections he doesn't even do an iv for that he just does like a power injection of it you know and there are a lot of people that do that uh Nipudi does it you know, you just have to start looking, you know what I mean? Just really start. I think the medical spa over here does it. I feel like someone told me that the other day. Now, you know, I'm not, that's not me suggesting you go over there. I don't know where their products come from or anything like that. Dr. Bly, I feel 100% confident. Dr. Naputi, I feel confident. I take it myself. But look it up. Understand that you're trusting in the doctor, you know, because we don't know what pharmacy they get it from and stuff like that. Okay. At the end of the day, this is still a money maker, okay? So, right, so, you know, you still gotta have your eyes open to where am I going and how are they doing it and where are they getting it from? I mean, they're still making money off of that. So it's a supplement, you know, to their practice. So you still wanna, you know, be cautious of it, okay? So that was a lot of information I wanted to load you with and, um, I just felt like it was worthwhile taking that much time talking about it because if you think about it, we pulled out one minor ingredient and that one ingredient could just make such a difference on the impact that your blood sugar could be having, which we've talked about. Too high of blood sugar is going to create too much inflammation in your body, right? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, arthritis symptoms, all the different forms of inflammation that could be controlled. But then when we go even deeper and we start thinking of all the other foods that could be causing these issues and we realize, wait a minute, I'm eating a hot dog that not only has maltodextrin, 
but it has MSG and then it has this. I'm eating Hidden Valley Ranch. It has all of them in it, you know? And then you realize you're eating like six foods a day with this stuff. How could you not be feeling sick every single day? And the legitimate act of just taking out Hidden Valley Ranch, replacing it with Primal, taking out this, replacing it with that, taking out this and replacing it with Stevia, just that would change someone's health. You know, they may not lose a ton of weight because they, they're still not addressing caloric and, and, and you know, the right amount of fat or the right amount of this, but they would lose inflammatory weight. So just give that some thought. Um, <clears throat> I wanna read this quote to you. I don't think we have it posted in the bathroom anymore. I used to have it posted in the bathroom. It's called The Man in the Arena, and I don't think, I don't know if you, any of you guys have heard it. It's Theodore Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, but the man who points out how the strong man stumbles. Or out, oh, hold on one second. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the door of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man that is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort, effort without error and or shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds and who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends uh, himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows at the end of a triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, is at least failing while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither, who neither known victory or defeat. And this uh, quote has always meant a lot to me because over the years I have been criticized by so many people in the way I do nutrition and the way that I train and the, well, the, just the way I live, I think just because I'm such a strong Christian and I always kind of put my values out there. I try not to shove it down anyone's throat, but I mean, I'm, I think it's pretty obvious I'm a Christian, right? But over the years, I've had so many people be critical of me. I was telling this story the other day. I had this one person that went on Facebook and posted so many bad reviews. They were terrible reviews and it was the same person. And then they just started building a team of people. They started finding people and building a team and trying to work against me. And I kept just praying about it and believing that God would deal with it and just trusting in faith that he would handle it. And just when I wanted to, you know, you got to that point where you're like, I'm going to finally say something, right? Like you're like, I'm going to. And the whole time I would have to be calming him down, you know. But then when I was finally ready, it was the craziest thing. I looked up at the TV and she had been arrested for breaking and entering in the gym I used to work with, work for, and she stole TVs. She broke in and it was like, she was arrested for like armed robbery, basically. Like she, she went to jail, okay? And so I'm not trying to put her down. I'm just trying to say, here I was this close to trying to defend myself to this person, right? And so the whole county is now knowing that she's a convict, right? And everyone is messaging me. 
I mean, the messages, they're on Facebook, everywhere. People are saying, did you see that she went to jail? Did you see that she got arrested? Did you see that she stole? And then all of a sudden, just this humbleness came over me and I immediately started praying for her. And I cried because I felt so bad for her. She's so lost. She has no spirit of God inside her. Like she has no hope, right? The whole only thing she could hang on to was trying to terrorize me for all that time. And then she felt so lost that this seemed like a good thing to do, right? So I just started praying for her and believing God for a change for her. And I still to this day believe in it, but I was that close to going into the arena with her. She's not in jail still, but it was an ex it was an expensive process and she stopped, right? And so, I mean, we had talked to an attorney about desecration or uh, de deformation of character. We had talked to all kinds of things, but I gotta tell you, you just have no idea how close I was to getting in it with her. I guarantee you guys have family members like this. You have friends, you have coworkers, you have someone, right? And maybe it's not at the level at which she was doing it to me, right? But you're trying to diet, you're trying to be healthy, you're trying to, uh, Maybe you're trying to abstain from things, right? You're trying to live a cleaner life, trying not to go to bars, and they're not having it, right? And they're coming at you about it, and they're putting you down. And I, I like that part where, you know, I mean, it says it's, it's not the, it's not that, it's, it, it's not how much you stumble. You know, the credit belongs to the man that's actually in the arena, you know. And I actually stayed here, and I've kept the faith. And I've kept doing what we were doing because I believed in what we were doing. No matter how hard it was, no matter how little money I had, I kept doing it. I kept persevering. Um, and so many people have given up. So many people have quit. So many people have failed. But we kept going in the face of all that adversity. That one lady is like a millimeter of the people that have done that to me over the years. So I wanna tattoo this on my back, like because it makes me feel stronger every time I read it, because it makes me feel like, John, what was that horse you gave me for Christmas? It was like Joan of Arc or something yeah. like that, the lady on the horse, and she was like riding with a sword. Yeah, <laughs> right, and so he was like, I don't know, it just seemed like you, you know, it just, the horse and the lady, it seemed like you, because that's how you are. Like you just fight your way through life and for the good and, and the cause. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you're in the arena, you've won, right? So just stay in it, you know, stay in it. Keep trying to be healthy. Don't worry about what everybody around you saying and doing and how they think you should do it this way and they think you should do it that way. You do you, let them do them. They can badmouth you, but at the end of the day, I mean, the Spirit of God that's inside you will present, it'll present you as you need to be presented to all the people that you need to be presented in front of. And I've watched people completely turn their lives around and they were people that hated me many, many years ago, but they just kind of humbled themselves and realized I need to change and I need, I need help, you know? And the same thing happens with faith. You know, when you try to minister faith to someone and they're like putting a brick wall in front of you because they want no part of it, that's fine. You planted a seed, right? So you let that seed germinate on its own. You don't need to force it. You don't need to put miracle grow on it for them. Let God do the work, right? And let them develop their faith, but still plant the seed in the best 
the best witness you can be to them is how you live your life in front of them and the faith you have, but you're constantly pressing on them about it. That's not motivation for faith. It's also not motivation to be healthy. So if there is a family member or there is someone, the best witness you can have is a healthy life. You can be like, I no longer have mitochondrial die off. How about you? <laughs> like I just bathed in frankincense, you know, and you'll just be so high on life that you'll be sickening to them. And they're either going to want to change at some point or they're not going to want to be around you anymore. And if that door closes, God intended for it to close and he'll open another one and he'll bless them, you know, and eventually because what you're doing, you know, it, God's aligned for you. If you're living according to his purpose, you'll have peace in it, even if you're all alone. Even in the loneliest of arenas, the loneliest, where everyone was coming against me, even family members that didn't believe in me, I still had my faith. So even I even had peace in those situations. It didn't mean I wasn't sad or I wasn't mad. Like, I was mad. I won. Remember, I was this close to getting into it, right? I thought... She needs to finally hear. She's getting too many people involved. She's toxic. It's my responsibility, but it's not. I don't, I cannot, you can't get in that fight and not get some of it on you, right? They're gonna start coming at you. So what's the point? You know, I don't need to defend myself because I feel like the results that I've created over the years and my consistency in who I am as a person is the proof in the pudding. You have to do the same thing. But when it comes to food and getting people to respect you for the way you wanna live and the healthy lifestyle you wanna live, you know what they need to see? They need to see consistency, okay? They need to see when you fall off, you get back on. It's not about perfect. I didn't say they need to see you perfect, right? That is not what I said. I just said they need to see consistency. So if you screwed up at Christmas, guess what? They watched you get right back on track at January. Because I can tell you, they're sitting there wanting you to not because they want you to fail so that by March they can say, oh, you did it again. You started another diet and didn't finish it and then blah, blah, blah. But if you just get right back on it in January, they're going to be like, okay, well, she is pretty serious about this. She went right back to it. And guess what? She's losing weight again and she's kicking her, you know, asthma. She hasn't had to take her inhaler and then she hasn't had to do this. Okay, that's a really good one. It's called The Man in the Arena. It's Theodore Roosevelt. This is a really terrible print of it, or I would share it, um, and I, that's why I had such a hard time reading it. But if you just go out to Pinterest, there's a lot of great quotes for that, and they're printable, and they're, uh, you can buy posters and stuff. That's a good one to have framed, for sure. Right? I know. Like that they would say something that was so touching that you would keep it for that many years. <laughs> there is on Highway K. Right, yeah. If you just take Winghaven Boulevard and you go up to um, Fizey, you make a right on Fizey, it'll take you right to Fresh Time. You'll drive right behind it. So I'm, thank you for putting up with me getting a little bit scientific but I felt like that was worth it, you know, and it was just like good data, you know. So I hope that inspires you to look at your ingredient list a little bit stronger. Does anyone have any other questions though? I know that was a lot. No? So look up some frankincense and, and maybe try that, you know. And please just look up Dr. Frick, like just for, just to look her up, see what she does. 
I'm telling you, if that's the reason, you'd be surprised. Besides fentanyl, like, there are pretty good diets, and I'm going to take them to Yucca Puppy for training, and right. they're going to have to board them there for Vegas just because I like what they told me, how many times they take them yeah. out, they play with them. They're great. They're going to save the classes to me. Yeah, they 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 are wonderful. Is that where you take your dog? That's we. I mean, yeah, and we. I mean, she literally had a small dog that uh, the owner passed away. Older lady. We have that dog in our office right now. You know, yeah. I mean, they're just great people. They. I've taken my dogs there for probably twelve years. I have a like a um, goose that's two and a half, and he's just. So I have goose and maverick, and one's eleven, the other one's two and a half, and he's still in kind of puppy mode.